Chapter Thirteen of the Wild Huntress. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recorded by Sylvia M. B. in Washington State. The Wild Huntress by Thomas Maine Reed. Chapter Thirteen. Through the Forest. As we passed up the street, I was conscious of being the subject of Swampville speculation staring faces at the windows and gaping groups around the doors proved by their looks and gestures that i was regarded as a rare spectacle it could scarcely be my companion who was the object of this universal curiosity a buckskin hunting shirt was an everyday sight in swampville not so a well-mounted military man armed uniformed and equipped no doubt my splendid arab caracoling as if he had not been out of the stable for a week came in for a large share of the admiration we were soon beyond its reach five minutes sufficed to carry us out of the sight of the swamp villians for in that short space of time we had cleared the suburbs of the city and were riding under the shadows of an unbroken forest its cold gloom gave instantaneous relief shading us at one and the same time from the fiery sun and the glances of vulgar observation through which we had run the gauntlet i at least enjoyed the change and for some minutes we rode silently on my guide keeping in advance of me this mode of progression was not voluntary but a necessity arising from the nature of the road which was a mere trace or bridle-path blazed across the forest no wheel had ever made its track in the soft deep mud into which at every step our steeds sank far above the fetlocks and as there was not room for two riders abreast I followed the injunction of my companion by keeping my horse's head at the tail o' hisn. In this fashion we progressed for a mile or more through a tract of what is termed bottom timber, a forest of those gigantic water-loving trees, the sycamore and cottonwood. Their tall gray trunks rose along the path, standing thickly on each side, and sometimes in regular rows like the columns of a granite temple. I felt a secret satisfaction in gazing upon these colossal forms, for my heart hailed them as the companions of my future solitude at the same time i could not help the reflection that if my new estate was thus heavily encumbered the clearing of the squatter was not likely to be extended beyond whatever limits the axe of mr holt had already assigned to it a little further on the path began to ascend we had passed out of the bottom lands and were crossing a ridge which forms the divide between mud creek and the obion river the soil was now a dry gravel with less signs of fertility and covered with a pine forest the trees were of slender growth and at intervals their trunks stood far apart giving us an opportunity to ride side by side this was exactly what i wanted as i was longing for a conversation with my new acquaintance up to this time he had observed a profound silence but for all that i fancied he was not disinclined to a little causerie his reserve seemed to spring from a sense of modest delicacy as if he did not desire to take the initiative i relieved him from this embarrassment by opening the dialogue what sort of a gentleman is this mr holt gentleman yes what sort of a person is he oh what sort of a person well stranger he's what we in these parts call a rough customer indeed rather i should say is he what you call a poor man all that i reckon he ain't got nothin as i knows on cepting his old critter a uh, horse and his clarin a uh, couple of acres or thereabouts besides he only squats upon that he's only a squatter then that's all stranger 
little i reckon he considers a clarin as much his own as i do my own bit of ground that's been bought and paid for indeed yes i shouldn't like to be the party that would buy it over his head the speaker accompanied these words with a sufficient glance which seemed to say i wonder if that's his business here has he any family there's one a young critter a girl that all i asked seeing that my companion hesitated as if he had something more to say but was backward about declaring it no stranger there war another girl older than this and and she she she'd gone away married i suppose that's what nobody about here can tell nor where she's gone neither the tone in which the young fellow spoke had suddenly altered from gay to grave and by a glimpse of the moonlight i could perceive that his countenance was shadowed and sombre i could have but little doubt as to the cause of this transformation it was to be found in the subject of our conversation the absent daughter of the squatter from motives of delicacy i refrained from pushing my inquiries further but indeed i should have been otherwise prevented from doing so for just at that moment the road once more narrowed and we were forced apart by the eager urging of his horse into the dark path i could perceive the hunter was desirous of terminating a dialogue to him in all probability suggestive of bitter memories for another half-hour we rode on in silence my companion apparently buried in a reverie of thought myself speculating on the chances of an unpleasant encounter which from the hints i had just had was now rather certain than probable instead of a welcome from the squatter and a bed in the corner of his cabin i had before my mind the prospect of a wordy war and perhaps afterwards of spending my night in the woods once or twice i was on the point of proclaiming my errand and asking the young hunter for advice as how i should act but as i had not yet ascertained whether he was friend or foe of my future hypothetical antagonist i thought it more prudent to keep my secret to myself his voice again fell upon my ear this time in a more cheerful tone it was simply to say that i might shortly expect a better road we were approaching a glebe beyond that a trace war wider and we might ride together again we were just entering the glade as he finished speaking and opening in the woods of limited extent the contrast between it and the dark forest path we had traversed was striking as the change itself was pleasant it was like emerging suddenly from darkness into daylight for the full moon now soaring high above the spray of the forest filled the glade with the ample effulgence of her light the dew-besprinkled flowers were sparkling like gems and even though it was night their exquisite aroma had reached us afar off in the forest there was not a breath of air stirring and the unruffled leaves presented the sheen of shining metal under the clear moonlight i could distinguish the varied hues of the frondage that of the red maple from the scarlet sumacs and sassafras laurels and these again from the dark green of the carolina bay trees and the silvery foliage of the magnolia glauca even before entering the glade this magnificent panorama had burst upon my sight from a little embayment that formed the debouchure of the path and i had drawn bridle in order for a moment to enjoy its contemplation the young hunter was still the length of his horse in advance of me and i was about requesting him to pull up but before i could give utterance to the words i saw him make halt of himself this however was done in so awkward and hurried a manner that i at once turned from gazing upon the scene and fixed my eyes upon my companion as if by an involuntary effort he had drawn his horse almost up by his haunches 
and was now stiffly seated in the saddle with blanched cheeks and eyes sparkling in their sockets as if some object of terror was before him i did not ask for an explanation i knew that the object that so strangely affected him must be visible though not from the point where i had halted a touch of the spur brought my horse alongside his and gave me a view of the whole surface of the glade i looked in the direction indicated by the attitude of the hunter for apparently paralyzed by some terrible surprise he had neither pointed nor spoken a little to the right of the path i beheld a white object lying along the ground a dead tree whose barkless trunk and smooth naked branches gleamed under the moonlight with the whiteness of a blanched skeleton in front of this and a pace or two from it was a dark form upright and human-like favoured by the clear light of the moon i had no difficulty in distinguishing the form to be that of a woman End of chapter thirteen